Section 4 of Flowers of Free Thought First Series This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Algie Pug Flowers of Free Thought by George William Foote Section 4 Devil Dodgers most people suppose this phrase to be a recent Americanism. It occurs, however, in the memoirs of James Lackington, published in 1791. Speaking of certain ranting preachers, he says, These devil dodgers happened to be so very powerful that they soon sent John home, crying out that he should be damned. Admitting the age of the phrase, some will ask, Is it respectable? Well, that is a matter of taste. Is there any standard of respectability? Does it not vary with time, place, and circumstance? Some people hate wearing gloves, while other people feel half-naked without them. A box hat is a great sign of respectability. When a vestryman wears one, he overawes philosophers. Yet some men would as soon wear the helmet of Don Quixote. Flannel suits are quite shocking in town. At the seaside, they are the height of fashion. And as it is with dress, so it is with speech. The respectable classes are apt to rob language of its savour, clipping and trimming it like the trees in a Dutch garden. You must go to the common unrespectable classes for racy vigour of tongue. They avoid circumlocutions, eschew diffuseness, go straight to the point, and prefer concrete to abstract expressions. They don't speak of a foolish man, they call him a fool. A cowardly tale-bearer they call a sneak. And so on to the end of the chapter. But is this really vulgar? Open your Shakespeare, or any other dramatic poet, and you will find it is not so. A look, a gesture, is more expressive than words, and concrete language carries more weight than the biggest abstractions. Let us break up the phrase and see where the vulgarity comes in. There is nothing vulgar about the devil. He is reputed to be a highly accomplished gentleman. Milton, Goethe and Byron have even felt his grandeur. And is not Dodger clear as well as expressive? David dodged Saul's javelin. That was smart and proper. Afterwards he attempted a dodge on Uriah. That was mean and dirty. So that dodge may be good, bad or indifferent, like man or woman. There is nothing objectionable about it, per se. And if devil and dodger are respectable in their single state, how do they become vulgar when they are married? Of course it is quite natural for the clergy and their thorough-paced dupes to cry out against plain language. The clerical trade is founded on mystery, and behind every mystery there is a cheat. Calling things by their right names will always be ugly to impostors. Reverend sounds so much nicer than mystery man. Priest is more dignified than fortune teller. Clergyman is pleasanter than sky pilot. And minister is more soothing than devil dodger. But plain speech is always wholesome, if you keep within the bounds of truth. It does us good to see ourselves occasionally as others see us. 
and if this article should fall under the eyes of a Christian man of God, we beg him to keep his temper and read on to the end. We tell the men of God, of every denomination, that they are devil-dodgers, and when they cease to be that, their occupation is going. Old Nick, in some form or other, is the basis of every kind of Christianity. Indeed, the dread of evil, the terror of calamity, is at the bottom of all religion. While the science, which gives us foresight and power, and enables us to protect ourselves and promote our comfort, is religion's deadliest enemy. Science wars against evil practically. Religion wars against it theoretically. Science sees the material causes that are at work, and counteracts them. Religion is too lazy and conceited to study the causes. It takes the evil in the lump, personifies it, and christens it the devil. Thus it keeps men off the real path of deliverance, and teaches them to fear the bogeyman, who is simply a phantom of superstition, and always vanishes at the first forward step of courage. What is the Christian scheme in a nutshell? God made man perfect. Though some people, after reading the life of Adam, say that God made him a perfect fool. This perfect man was tackled by the devil, a sort of spiritual pasteur, who inoculated him with sin, which was transmitted to his posterity as original sin. God desires man's welfare, but the devil is too strong for omnipotence. Jesus Christ steps in with the Holy Ghost and saves a few men and women, but the devil bags all the rest, and hell is thronged while heaven is half empty, the one place having three families on every flat, the other having leagues of spacious mansions to let. Now in every generation the devil is after us. Without schools, or churches, or armies of professional helpers, or even so much as an occasional collection, he carries on single-handed a most successful business. The clergy tell us, as the Bible tells them, that he is monstrously able, active and enterprising, never overlooking a single customer and delivering damnation at the door, and even carrying it upstairs, without charging for carriage or waiting for his bill. All that sort of thing he leaves to the opposition firm, whose agents are clamorous for payment and contrive to accumulate immense sums of the filthy lucre which they affect to despise. This accommodating fiend is the bete noire of the clergy. They are always on his track, or rather, he is on theirs. They help us to dodge him, to get out of his way, to be from home when he calls, to escape his meshes, to frustrate his wiles, to save our souls alive. Oh, here you are, they say. He's coming down the street. We are just running an escape party. If you want to keep out of hell, come and join us. Don't ask questions. There's no time for that. Hurry up, or you'll be left behind. And when the party turns the corner, the clergy say, Ah, that was a narrow escape. Some of you had a very close shave. And the next morning a collector calls for a subscription to the gentleman who saved you from the devil. Nearly 50,000 gentlemen are engaged in this line of business, to say nothing of the Salvation Army. 50,000 devil dodges. And this in England alone. If we include Europe, 
America, South Africa, and Australia, there are hundreds of thousands of them, maintained at the expense of probably a hundred millions a year. Yet the devil is not outwitted. Mr. Spurgeon says he is as successful as ever. And to use Mr. Stead's expression, Spurgeon has tips from God. By their own confession, therefore, the devil dodges are perfectly useless. They take our money, but they do little else. Honesty would make them disband. But they will never do that. They will have to be cashiered or starved out by cutting off the supplies. The real truth is that they never were useful. They were always parasites. They gained their livings by false pretenses. They dodged an imaginary enemy. The devil is played out in educated circles. Presently he will be laughed at by everybody. Then the people will dismiss the priests, and there will be an end of devil dodges. End of section 4